to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Hey, this is Bill Meek's Word to the Wise. This special is filthy. It's absolutely naughty. And if you're a fan of Mr. Show, you're okay with that. If you're not, we're going to be releasing a lot more specials on this feed in the future. So just, you know, don't listen to this one and come back in a couple weeks and we'll have a special that's more geared towards you. But again, this is very filthy. Don't listen to it with kids around. But if you're a fan of Mr. Show, it's going to be right up your alley. Do, Do not, not adjust, adjust your computer, computer screen. screen. If, if your, your mind, mind were changing, stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe Box. Start his dreams, dreamt by a wizard. Hey, everybody, it's Bill and Bobby. <sighs> oh, yay! <laughs> yes, I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Bobby Hawk. And we are here for Can You Believe It? For Mr. Show. We're going to be talking Mr. Show. I and uh, JG, I, my college roommate, will be joining us here in a few minutes. But we're going to be celebrating this fundamental 90s alternative sketch comedy series, Mr. Show. Uh, now, we're counting down our top three sketches. Uh, we're going to talk about Mr. Show's impact. And we're going to share our hopes for the new Netflix series with Bob and David. Uh, so h- how you doing, Bobby? Are you excited? Uh, very, very much so for so many reasons. Uh, Mr. Show's... Uh one of my favorite shows, period, let alone sketch shows. You know, love the cast, love everything about it. But um, I'm really anxious to, you know, podcast with you. It's, it's really cool to get to do this. Oh, yeah, it's very cool because we, we, did, we did end up canceling our, uh, our regular show, uh, Universe Box. But the thing is, is it's going to free us up to do a lot of these different kinds of specials. Uh, and uh, this was... Uh, Actually, on the the Google Hangout where we announced the cancellation of Universe Box, Bobby suggested uh, doing a Mr. Show show, and I I had to agree because I love Mr. Show, and I'm so excited about uh, the show's return and everything. So, I mean, it was a a match made in heaven. Uh, So, so, uh, Bobby, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, just uh, get a little bit of both of our history about Mr. Show. Uh, How did you initially – how were you introduced to Mr. Show? How did you get into it? Um, I'm a big sketch show fan, so, like, ever since I was, like, 12 or 13, if a show was coming on, I'd watch it. I mean, there was even a, uh, a short-lived sketch show on Fox, uh, with Jennifer Aniston, and, uh, and Tom Kenny, I believe, was actually in the cast. Oh, wait, uh, do you know what it was called? The Edge. The Edge. Okay. Uh-huh. Interesting. I've, I've never heard of it. Yeah, a lot of, like, Alan Ruck, uh, uh, Wayne Knight, Newman from Seinfeld was on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, going off on a tangent here, <laughs> but <laughs> um, no, it's okay. I mean, if we if we want to go off on Mister Show related tangents, we could also talk Ben Stiller Show. That was a good right, one, exactly. And that's probably what most led me to Mister Show because I was a Bob Odenkirk fan from that show, mm-hmm. and I believe Josh, my friend Josh, probably brought you know brought up brought Mister Show to my attention. 
mm-hmm. when it first came on. Um, but yeah, I've like I said, I mean, if there's if there's a sketch show on, whether no matter how obscure it is, <laughs> I, I've probably seen at least an episode or two of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny that your friend Josh uh, brought it to your attention because I have uh, the same exact story. My friend Josh brought it to my attention. Uh, I I was introduced to the show uh, back when I was in college when I was working at the Brook Hills Playhouse in in, uh, the summer of – I think it was 2002 – uh, but my friend Josh Aronoff uh, brought over – because he would come over he, – he was nev- never in any of the plays or anything. But he would come over uh, to the playhouse and uh, hang out and party with us after you know the show was over and whatnot. So one night he brings over this uh, the season one Mr. Show DVDs. And he's like, you got to watch this, dude. you got to watch it. And, uh, and uh, my, my friend uh, JG, who will be joining us here in a little bit. Uh, he, he was a big fan of it already. So, so he, w- he was like, yeah, you know, Josh is right. You got to watch this. And he popped it in. And I think we re- – it could, no, it was the, the set was season one and season two, I think, all in one set because season one was only four episodes. But I, I, we borrowed it off air enough, I think, and we watched it – we watched every episode like three or four times. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And I, 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 I've watched every episode so many times it's – uncountable i have a i have a mr show book here like a big chronicle of how the series was made right next to me and everything so i mean i i'm 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 a, I, i'm not gonna say i'm as huge as a fan as you can get but i'm as huge as any mr show fan can get. right right well it's definitely one of those like it or you know uh love it or hate it rather mm-hmm. you know most people aren't really on the fence about mr show mm-hmm. so uh bobby what's a oh by the way uh Speaking of uh, my friend Josh, who introduced me to it, he did uh, send in a voicemail, which we'll be playing towards the end of the show, where he lists his favorite Mr. Show sketches. It runs eight minutes long, so you can. Uh, so he's pretty passionate about it too. But uh, Bobby, why don't you? We, we, what did you like most about Mr. Show? Um. <clears throat> well, I I loved how like, um. It was beyond just a normal sketch show. It wasn't you know, like they did so much to try to like make it more than just a normal sketch show. Where like where they had the interstitials, tried to t- tie each of the sketches together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard stories from Scott Ackerman and others where mm-hmm. that wasn't necessarily as easy uh, <laughs> as it seemed. That uh, there were times in the writing room where they were there for three or four days just trying to figure out how to make one sketch lead into the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, love- I've also heard. I've also heard a couple of them saying, and while they're doing interviews with for with Bob and David, saying, you know, we didn't need to do that. I think they totally did. I think it, it kind of, it helped make the show something special. You know, exactly. It made it unique. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I also um, just love how they were able to go from like dick and fart jokes to you know being like satirical and like making a point, you know, having a message while using dick and fart jokes to make them to uh, yeah. prove their point. Which by the way, if we didn't mention at the top, top of the show, uh, yeah, we are going to be fucking cussing a lot. So deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're matching Mr. Show. Cause Mr. Show, a very, very uh, naughty show, but a, a very in- intelligently naughty for sure. Ex- and, and that's, and that's exactly my point. Mm-hmm. And but then other than that, it would definitely have to be just two words to cast. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal cast. Like I, that's one of my favorite. Th- I well, I mean, you already hit on the fact that it was just a very cohesive show. And if if you were a fan of Universe Box at all, I, I and I think I've said this on the show once or twice. Universe Box, in, in a way, was kind of inspired by Mister Show, or at least the setup of it was, because uh, you know how we had you know stories set to a theme, the theme, and then we would build a bunch of segments around a theme, like college or home or. I even properties like Harry Potter or whatever. I got that from Mr. Show because Mr. Show would, would build all of their sketches around a particular topic. Sometimes it was nonsensical for sure, but it was always hunt, out, hunt around something and all the sketches related to something. But at the same time, every sketch they had could, could work as its own independent piece. Like, I mean, they all still work as solo YouTube clips that you can go to and watch on YouTube. You don't need the context of the episode to get it, you know? And I, I love that, but I also love, and Bobby, you were getting to this point, I love how uh, the past two decades or so of comedy uh, were shaped and built upon this show in a lot of ways. There were so many important comedic voices who either worked on the show or were hugely inspired by it, like uh, uh, Jack Black, uh, Janine Garofalo, Sarah Silverman uh, were all on the show. Um, I'm trying to thank uh, Scott Ackerman if you follow Comedy Bang Bang at all, which is pretty big these days. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's really big in the comedy world anyway. He was on the show. Um, he was a writer on the show. And then uh, any young up-and-coming comedian you, you he- hear an interview with, they always cite Mr. Show as one of their big inspirations. For, uh, with very good reason. Oh, yeah. It was just, it's, it's fundamental. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it, it was – it's kind of uh, the representative poster child for the alternative comedy movement in the 90s, which, you know, obviously influenced so much of what's going on even today. So, right. OK, so I guess we we're, what we're going to do here is we're going to do a countdown uh, of our three favorite sketches, each of our three favorite sketches. We brought three, including JG, who will be, be joining us in a minute or two here. I, uh, but I, I'll, I'll go ahead and get started, I guess, with my my number three. And my number three is the altered state of Drugachusis. Uh, if, you, if you've never seen this before, it's basically in a, a parody of the old Sid and Marty Croft sure. shows. I uh, like. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think. H.R. Puffin stuff is a good good example. Um, I, I, even like the banana splits, all that kind of stuff. And basically, what it is, it's, it's this parody. But instead of having the subtext of it being all drug influenced and everything, it's just straight up. It's drug achusis. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's as drugged out as druggy can be. Uh, David Cross plays this little British boy who gets knocked on the head, and he lands in drug achusis. He has a magic bong instead of a magic flute that helps him you know, navigate this weird, trippy world and everything. And it's such a great sketch. Like, I, 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 the music's good. I, it, it's just a, it's a perfect uh, love letter to the work of Sid and Marty Croft, for one, because as much as they're making fun of it, they're also saying, yeah, this was pretty cool and pretty crazy that we had this on TV back in the 70s. And it, it, it's a fun sketch, too, because it, it's really trippy and really light and really fun. 
up until the point uh, where they go visit uh, Tom Kenny's character. Uh, the, I forget it's Professor something or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and he has a complete like freak out, <laughs> a meltdown, a, a bad trip. And so so you know the first part, it's all light and fun and oh ha ha ha, these stoners are hungry and all this stuff. And then it devolves into this weird after school special esque sketch about the realities of drug use. And I, I also love love uh, David Cross's like little innocent British boy. You know, he's just like this and he's nice and cool and stuff like that. And also the the, the tag for the sketch, uh, which I absolutely love, is uh, uh, what is it? Mayor Crack Headington or something like that. He says, I declare this pizza to be awesome. And pizza mm-hmm. is awesome. So, I mean, that's good. Do, do you like the sketch much, Bobby? Uh, it's actually one of my favorites as well. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it wasn't on my list, but I mean, there's so many. I mean, it, when you told me to make a top three list, like there were three that came to my mind. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, for like the next few days, I like hem and mm-hmm. hawed. But and this was actually one of the ones that uh, definitely uh, would would deserve an honorable mention if if nothing else hmm. yeah I, I i knew as soon as i knew it was going to be top three i knew my number one but the the two and three were hard i, ha- I had to just kind of go and what are the first two sketches that come to mind because those are probably the ones that are the highest quality or at least my favorites anyway okay but uh, why, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your number three Okay, uh, number three. Now, like I was telling you before the call, I'm not quite sure if these are the actual titles or not. But if you pop this into Google, it this is what's going to come up. <laughs> so, I mean, it, regardless, it'll lead you there. So, my number three is uh, "Life is Precious" and God and the Bible. Why, why, describe it to us a little bit. Um, it was. It was. It's basically like a Jerry Springer show, Lost at Sea. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I don't. Todd. Oh, got it. The name of the talk show host doesn't matter. Basically, it was like this. Uh, okay, he was almost playing the Ronnie Dobbs character to a certain point, but it, but it wasn't the Ronnie Dobbs character as far as David Cross was playing and uh, Bob Odenkirk was playing the host. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, were in a, in a life raft. The the. Uh, boat had gone down they was they were on a cruise ship that was doing you know like a week-long uh talk show <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with them uh or you know week-long episodes of the talk show and the he was dating the daughter but he was in love with the mom <laughs> and so he was proposing to the mom and then all of a sudden out of nowhere this black uh prince looking guy comes like swimming up into the boat and uh, he's like this guy that the other the guy had been having an affair with with this, <laughs> with the mother and the daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, that he had come from a a lost island. You know, he had he had found an island where there was food and stuff, uh-huh. and they and uh, he ended up like uh, they ended up puncturing the lifeboat. They they threw him off the boat because they called him a no no island prince, no island remembering prince looking. God, why can't I remember that? I used to say it all the time. No island remembering Prince looking motherfucker. <laughs> but but um yeah, like I said, just put in life is precious mm-hmm. in God in the Bible. What I'm saying doesn't do it do it justice because like uh just to spoil it, it like at the end the guys like uh they you know, they do their final thought like Jerry Springer used to do. Uh-huh. And then David Cross's character does his final thought in his head and he's like uh um, 
Yeah, you hear me, you St. Peter-looking motherfucker? I'm coming for you. Yeah, before <laughs> I die, I'm going to fuck me a fish. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all out of context. Just go watch the skit if you don't remember it. Yeah, but it, one, one of the things that's great about that sketch, though, is, uh, well, David Cross always does really good with kind of the hick archetype character because he's from he's from georgia and so he he grew up around a lot of these hick type characters and everything so he if it's not ronnie dobbs or uh you know he he just nails these characters for sure Mm -hmm. every to every time I i also really love about that sketch that uh it feels almost like it just it feels kind kind of like that old bugs bunny cartoon with the two guys on the raft who find bugs and try and eat them and they're trying they they're seeing each other's like hamburgers and stuff like that it's just like that descent into madness you lost at sea sort of thing which is because they're i mean they're talking to a camera that's obviously not there (laughs) right exactly and then one of my favorite it's just like adam it's just like totally apropos of nothing Mm-hmm. Uh, it, my favorite moment in the skit is where uh, Jill Talley's character, the mother character, uh, her brooch had been taken off, like, you know, knocked off in the scuffle and, and it, it had landed in the raft. Mm-hmm. And then she takes it out. And, and those, she's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, what? What are you looking at? You better turn around. <laughs> I, and, and she's great too. I, I mean, it's it, there. There was a big rotating cast on this show, but I, every one of them completely just nailed their their parts. And I, 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 I hope, I hope that if for the new show uh, with Bob and David, that all of the cast members make a return appearance at some point. I, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But uh, okay, so time for my number two. Number two. Number two. Uh, my number two is uh, – and in the Mr. Show book, they referred to this one as Blind House, uh, but I also saw it referred to as House of the Future. And this one is basically – it's an old uh, – sort, sort of an old training film uh, where David Cross is, is the awkward host, and they're showing the, the House of the Future by Minoko. Uh, kind of uh, – you know, it, we used to play these on Universe Box all the time, the, the old industrial films where – no one could act, and no one knew how to use a camera, and no, no one knew how to edit properly, and it was just nice and awkward and weird. And they're showing off this house for blind people where all the furniture talks to you, but all the furniture uh, that has a speaker strapped to it uh, that, that has a celebrity voice on it. And uh, it, the, the, one of the funniest things, I think, is that each one of the, them, like it'll be, they'll do the celebrity voice and it's very obvious who it is. And then they'll say the name of the celebrity. The celebrity will say their name at the end. Like, uh, oh, yeah, what, what's uh, the one line I'm trying to remember here? I, I was just watching this just a few minutes ago. It's like, uh, I am a television set. Peter O'Toole, you know, just like, and it's just like, it's just so absurd and so weird. But as somebody who uh, has made a lot of really boring uh, videos, much like this, uh, you know, I got paid for it and everything, but still it was pretty boring. I I, I just love the, the style parody of it, the stilted acting, the bad match cuts, uh, the awkward tech demos. It's just sheer perfection. Uh, back and forth uh, all the way around. Also, I, I, I wanted to point out if anyone out there is familiar with uh, the video I did, uh, which the link will be uh, in the show notes uh, later on, uh, it's with my best Kickstarter video ever video. 
I, I actually kind of modeled my acting uh, on the David Cross character in this video because I wrote the script for it and shot about half of it. And I just wasn't really liking it, and I was about to give up on the whole video. And then I watched an episode of Mr. Show. It happened to be this one. I saw this, and I was like, you know what? What if I do that character? And so I went back, and I reshot it, and it has uh, tons and tons of views now. If you search uh, Kickstarter video on YouTube, it's the third or fourth result. So it worked out, uh, and I stole it all from Mr. Show. And uh, like I said, I love the celebrity voices and uh, – I also thought it was weird that rewatching it, you know, the the whole talking house thing where the, your furniture talks to you, I, it seems like a really weird futury thing, or seemed like a really weird futury thing back in the '90s. But now, now there's all sorts of stuff like this. It's almost like we're, we're living in the the house of the future now. But uh, Bobby, are you familiar with the sketch at all? What did you think of it? Um, <clears throat> I'm actually trying to bring it up on YouTube so if I so I can see if I do remember because, like, to be quite honest, that. It's not ringing any bells, and I. Oh really? I'm, I'm sure I've seen it. I mean, because like I said, I've got mm-hmm. all the episodes on DVD, and I've seen every episode. But see, that's another thing about Mister Show is there's so many sketches that I, half the time when I sit down to watch an episode, I'm like, I don't remember the sketch at all. I, I don't just because there was such a plethora of sketches. I, although I will admit, probably about a year and a half ago, I, I sat down to watch Mister Show. And I turned on an episode, and it was one I had never seen before. It was like the gods had delivered me a new episode of Mr. Show because I had never I, – maybe I had just skipped it on the DVD or fallen asleep while it was autoplaying or something. But I had never actually – it was a season four episode, and I had never seen it before, and I was so excited. Uh, but, of course, this weekend we're going to get five new episodes, so – very exciting. Okay, well, you, you don't have to worry about getting that pulled up right now if you don't want to, Bobby. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us about your number two? And they, I love this one, by the way. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my number two is uh, Week-Long Romance, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that is the name of this one. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, it's, it's a skit about this couple who uh, had, you know, were breaking up and getting back together. They had broken up, been broken up for a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like you uh, mentioned in the skit before, uh, that sim- from that simple premise, it kind of just evolves into madness. <laughs> because in that week, like you find out that like he's uh, he got depressed, mm-hmm. uh, went out and joined a Christian rock group. Yes, uh, um, met met a girl and got engaged. Started smoking. Uh, Started smoke. Started smoking. <laughs> um, won a blowjob competition. <laughs> gay, you, know, you gave people blowjobs the most people. That's why they have a drink named after me. They have a drink named, but no, they have, no. It's called the ultimate dick sucker. I think it was actually ultimate cocksucker, which is a little bit funnier. Oh, I think. But whichever, it's mm-hmm. it's like you said. This is like. One of my favorite skits, period, not just skits here. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, the state, that's uh, Kids in the Hall. That's This is just one of the what? best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, one of my favorites, for sure. I, I, I also love that he, uh, the entire time Bob Odenkirk's character is on his girlfriend about – 
this Tex Mex class that she uh-huh. mentions in passing, and he just and like he, won't let go of it. He's like, oh, everything I did is justified because yeah. of your Tex Mex. Yeah, and Tex Mex. <laughs> and what about that, Miss Tex Mex? Yeah. The class hasn't even started yet, and then he sees the sauce on her. Te- wait, wait a second, Picante. <laughs> Tex Mex, you said that class hadn't even started yet. Well, it was an intensive seminar. You bitch. And then he punches her. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it, it that, that's one of the things that Mr. Show does so well is they, they give you these comedic premises that you might have seen a version of before. Then they just keep pushing it and pushing it and making it bigger and bigger until it just all in this big exactly. explosion of absurdity. Okay, speaking of big explosions of absurdity, why don't we go ahead and get our guest on the line? Uh, this is uh, my old college roommate, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Jason. How you doing, Jason? JG, uh, what do you want us to call us tonight? Call you tonight? JG, Jason, George? Any, anything you like, I don't care. Okay, anything Any you like. Thing. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I should just say, since I am a teacher, please don't call me Mr. George because I hear that enough. That's fair. But anything else is fair game. I'm great, man. How are you guys? What's up? Good, good. I, I agree. Glad to have you along with us. Uh, yeah, we, it took us a couple extra minutes to get you on here than we were expecting. We were, we were like, we'll breeze through the sketches in 15 minutes, half an hour later. And JG's been sitting there patiently waiting on the phone. No worries, man. No worries. Uh, do, you have, do you have any, anything to add to any of this or any commentary on any of the sketches we've discussed so far? Really, the only thing I was thinking was that I declare this podcast awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Because, I, because the altered state of drug abuse is, uh really was close to my top three. Really, really close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, had, like, I had the same sentiment. Yeah, back like, in... I, I smell colors. <laughs> <laughs> back in the Playhouse days, I'm pretty sure... And this was before YouTube when you would when it was normal to do this, we would like rewind that sketch and watch it like 10 times in a row. Cause we thought it was so that, funny. Oh yeah, man. Over and over, over and over. <laughs> okay. So JG, uh, we'll get you caught up here and everything. We'll, we'll ask you the questions that we answered beforehand and then we'll get your, uh, number three and number two sketch. First up, how did you discover Mr. Show? It's funny. I keep going back to these same guys. I, uh, <laughs> When senior year of high school, the same guys that when we talk about waiting for Guffman, we mm-hmm. like to watch bad movies, you know, and that, that's when they discover waiting for Guffman's really awesome. Well, mm-hmm. when we weren't doing that, we were playing, you know, like uh, Mario Kart and Goldeneye for like hours. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the guys were really, really pumped up to watch this show that came on at like, it was like late at night, it was like 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was like, it was a late, late night show, Mr. Mm-hmm. Show. And I, I was like, okay, whatever. We watched it. It was absolutely hilarious. And then at that point, you know, we would stop whatever we were doing because we were always out late. You know, we, we'd always hang out in this one by one friend's basement. And we would just be doing crazy stuff for hours. But then whatever we were doing at 1231, I can't remember the exact time. I want to say 1230. Um, mm-hmm. We would stop what we were doing and watch Mr. Show. And every week that became the ritual. So I was lucky enough to actually see it when it aired weekly you know i was like not I saw, sadly yeah I, I i saw it when it debuted i mean my, somehow my my buddies were like pumped for this thing and i and i had been you know i had no idea mm-hmm. and i had no idea who bob odenkirk and david cross were either well we watched the show and we absolutely loved it and then 
the, I heard you mention Jack Black earlier too. Well, uh-huh. immediate. That's where Tenacious D got the start. Not on that show, mm-hmm. but HBO ran it right after Mr. Show. Yeah, I believe uh, like, Bob and Bob and David had a hand in getting that made too. I, I think so, and it was only like a fifteen-minute show. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like. It was like an episode of like Thomas the Train or something. It was like very, very short, you know. <laughs> but far uh, more, really uh, far more cursy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, I got Thomas the Train on my brain because I've watched like eight episodes of it today with my kid. But you know, <laughs> um, but but the thing of it is, like, that was absolutely hilarious too at the time. Now I think everybody now we're at this point where we're kind of like played out on the tenacious D. Mm-hmm. But at the time. There was nothing like those guys, and, and they were absolutely hilarious. And we were singing that double team song for years. <laughs> what, uh, Bobby wanted to say something. I think. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I, in my opinion, I, Tenacious D is not played out. But that's just my. Well, uh, Bobby's not going to take you for disrespecting the the, the D. Well, exactly. Well, let me defend myself a moment, though, because. I agree with Bobby. I think I was actually just talking more about in in general in the in the you know the public awareness. You know, I, a, a lot of a lot of people might think they're over it. You know, but no, I still dig it, Bobby. Okay, I I will um, bow to that. You know, I will I will give into that. I I will say they're not as popular as they once were, or at least right, it, but, it does at least not in this area anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, they and, have, and that, if you live in the but, LA area, they have a show that they put on every year, a comedy musical oh, no festival. Kidding. Yeah, uh-huh. that's awesome. Well, I, I I saw them make their TV debut right after <laughs> Mr. Show, and we got to you know we watch that every week. Hilarious. The Mr. Show. Yes. The Mr. Right show. After Mr. Show. Okay, so absolutely uh, awesome. So JG, what 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 was your favorite thing? About Mr. Show. What did you like about Mr. Show? It was so different than anything else. And I know that sounds very cliche when you're talking about television shows. But here's the thing. I grew up on Saturday Night Live. Loved it. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved the idea of sketch comedy. In fact, um, in the days of VHS, when I was a kid and, and struggled to stay awake past midnight, like really, really tried hard, I always started the VCR. And I and I recorded Saturday Night Live every week, so that way there, whenever I woke up on the floor and like the Star Trek show was playing afterward, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> I, I didn't worry about missing it. I just watched it the next day with my cousin while the adults were watching uh, Sunday afternoon football because neither of us gave two craps about that. Mm-hmm. So I always loved sketch comedy, and SNL was always my thing. In fact, I still love that. Um, but the thing that, that really attracted me was how it was like sketch comedy, but it was very surreal. I, you know, I, I kind of call it, you know, SNL on LSD. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and it was absolutely just fresh. And mm-hmm. also it was on HBO. So, you know, guess what? It's is universe box act after hours. So I can say this, you can hear words like cocksucker in a sketch, yes. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and you, you were like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> uh, if, if anybody said that on Saturday Night Live, they're going to mm-hmm. get thrown off the show, fired, fine, you know, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because definitely, uh, you know, the, the in-studio segments they did, a lot of times, even the sets and everything, they, they felt totally like SNL, which I guess makes sense because Bob Odenkirk uh, worked on SNL for a while. So he probably brought 
a lot of that sensibility over for at least the 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 club segments, the on stage in front of an audience segments. Right, right, and, and you were seeing these scenes. And the other thing that was unique about the show was that I heard you talk about how Universe Box, you know, was a story set to a theme, and part of the inspiration you say could have been Mr. Show. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the case. Every scene ran right into the next one. It wasn't really a show that you could say, well, oh, there's a commercial on. i got to go get a, go to the bathroom, get a snack or something. It, you kind of wanted to watch the entire time, or you might miss the flow of it. Like it was just, you know, the, the flow of the show, it, it went in that way that if you looked away and you looked back again, you might be totally lost. Yeah. But it was also accessible enough that if you did, bear with it for about two minutes they'll pull you right back in <laughs> exactly okay, so it, you'll get back into the rhythm correct. of it exactly yeah so that, 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 I'd say that's what I love about it you know just like nothing else <laughs> oh, like def- nothing else at the time def- yeah obviously at this point it's a little bit uh you know the the what the Beatles did was fresh and unique. Now everyone has a, at least a couple songs that sound like the Beatles. You know, every co- comedian has a couple sketches or a couple bits that sound a little bit or feel a little bit like Mr. Show. But at the time, it was completely unique, completely. And that says something about the generation of comics that we we have now, mm-hmm. and, and how big of an inspiration the show clearly was. Definitely. And and you know some of them. Um, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but is the one guy that's in some scenes in Mr. Show, uh, I believe his last name is Posehn. He was in the Sarah Silverman. Yeah, he, uh, he, yeah, he was on, he, yeah, uh, Brian uh, Posehn, I think. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy's awesome, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy's great. In fact, he and his uh, partner were the best part of the Sarah Silverman show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just all these guys now that, that have a voice that, well, I mean, Bob Odenkirk is a household name now. I mean, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Better Call Saul. Uh, yeah, ironically though, not for his comedic work, I'd mm-hmm. say. But he actually, um, I believe, he actually got uh, the original part on Breaking Bad, which led to his own series because Vince Gilligan was a fan of Mr. Show. Is that so? Yeah. I was not aware of that. Yeah, he, well, that he, makes sense. Yeah, he was a big fan of Mr. Show, and uh, so he ended up. Uh, Call, calling up uh, Bob's agent, I think, and asking him if he wanted to try out for a part on the show for this little bit part that they wanted to have a little bit of a comedic bent to it, you know? And uh, Yeah, and, and that part could have, if you think about it, that part could have ruined the show. Mm-hmm. Be- because, the, you know, it was, there were moments of humor, yes, but overall it was not a comedy. Mm-hmm. So the, it's a kind of a testament to Od- Odenkirk's talent that he could have this character, he could portray this character, be humorous, but still keep the same serious tone of the show. So I yeah. thought that, you know, but now we're talking about Breaking Bad, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is also awesome, but I'm just saying. This is not Breaking Bad with Bill and Bobby. It's it's Mr. Show with Bill and Bobby. Right, right. So, But, but I think over the years, it's funny that uh, Odenkirk, you know, I've seen him he does he does guest spots in shows all the time. Like he was in some episodes of How I Met Your Mother. He mm-hmm. was hilarious in that, uh, and just some other things too. But strangely enough, I I was always more drawn to David Cross as a comic. Mm-hmm. There was something about his delivery and his I don't know his I don't give a fuck kind of <laughs> attitude that that, that he, I don't. Know, there was something about that that I just I don't know. 
he was really cool. He was almost like it, it, Odenkirk was almost like the straight man of the duo if they had one. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, they were so oddball that you know it's really hard to say. I I, I would yeah. say like I I love especially uh, Mister Show era David Cross. I think. Well, especially in the first five or six years of the 2000s, he got a little too crotchety old man for my taste. But he's kind of come back around, too. I mean, obviously, he was great on Arrested Development. But uh, the th- thing that really uh, got me back to really loving him outside of the Arrested Development part was uh, the uh, the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret, if you've ever seen it. <laughs> Uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a show he did for, I, I think it was for the BBC, uh, a short-run show. It did, like, two seasons, and it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, just check it out. It's about this guy named Todd Margaret who makes increasingly poor decisions and basically ruins his life. But, okay, uh, JG, why don't you go ahead and give us the quick one, two on your number three and number two uh, favorite sketches. That's a lot of numbers, a couple of twos, but how about you start with number three? Number three. Number three. Number three. The Devastator. The Devastator. Uh, yes. Uh, in the 90s, there seemed, and, and probably because, you know, we lived in the Ohio Valley and it was so near to, like, Cedar Point and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There were always commercials on about new roller coasters, like Millennium Four, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and that thing was absolutely hysterical because it played all. It, it, it was it, it served double duty. On one hand, it was like a Saturday Night Live commercial, but it was also a uh, a television news broadcast mm-hmm. about all this horrible devastation <laughs> and all, all these, these deaths people. and uh, deaths on the roller coaster. Yes, yes, and, and, and the people's reactions and the way they word things and like the family, the guy that is loading up his family in the car, and he's like. You know, I'm I'm scared for my kids. I'm scared for my wife. For God's sake, I'm scared for me. Okay, <laughs> and he's like, "We're getting out of here tomorrow morning." Okay, but then in the next scene, there they are in the background in line for the damn roller coaster. <laughs> and and they're like, "The deaths begin shortly after nine a.m. and usually end around midnight." You know, <laughs> and this roller coaster, they're like, it's got a two minute plunge underwater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 90-degree neck-breaking time, okay? Then you got all these people that are beat all to hell, like, in line for this roller coaster wearing the shirts. I survived the Devastator, you know? <laughs> but, jeez, I mean, I laughed so freaking hard. I watched it right before we went to air, and, man, it, it still delivers. It oh, still yeah. Delivers. It's, still, it's still hilarious. Like, like we're talking out of the Hutchison Brothers, local favorites. <laughs> local favorite <laughs> yeah and, and, across the old man you know that's like boarding up his house it's like I ain't scared of no roller coaster you know it, it, who of course is later in line for the damn roller coaster <laughs> it's another one of those sketches too that just kind of builds on itself and you think you you think you it, it's taken it to the extreme uh, no pun intended, but then it just keeps ramping it up and ramping it up to this just this absurd level of comedy. Uh, Bob, Bobby, yeah, yeah. I, what do you think of this sketch? Do you remember the sketch? Uh, barely. There, was this from like later? Was this from like season four? Or I feel like it was. Yeah, because for some it, reason it, it could have been. Yeah, I think for some. I think that's like the season I I watched the least. Because it seems like – because I, I did find and remember your House of the Future sketch 
and <clears throat> that was from season four as well. Um, but but I do remember um, uh, from you know most of the things that JG was saying. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can say you know bad about any of the skits that are on Mr. Show. At least in my, I can't think of any bad skits, honestly. Oh yeah, definitely not. Definitely. So, oh. but but. Oh, go ahead, Bob. No, I was just, I mean, I think I was done with my point. I'm just kind of rambling <laughs> at this point. That's right. Okay, JG, number two. What's your number two? Okay, boys, are you ready for this one? No. Number two. <laughs> are y'all ready for this? Okay. <laughs> number two is Globocam. Globocam. Do you know Globocam? I know, I know Pit Pat. I know Pit Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking about going as Pit Pat for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> a non-offensive pansexual thing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Oh, and this is the sketch that had the bag hutch, the box that told bags in it. You know, yes, they right. actually uh, were going to have it called – it was going to be called uh, Bag Box. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't clear it because there was already a thing called bag box. Really? Yes. <laughs> that makes it you, even you better. <laughs> yeah, it does. And thank God for that because bag hutch is just so much funnier. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Like, who uses the damn word <laughs> hutch? Like, you know, put it in the hutch, you know? Like, but the, the thing about that scene, I don't even have to really tell you guys. The thing about it that makes it great is how the swearing just gets worse and worse <laughs> and worse because I remember how hard I laughed the very first time the guy comes in and he goes, Oh my God, honey, where are all the bags? And she goes, they're in the bag hutch. And he's just like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed so hard. I was like, Oh my God! What the hell? Like, that was so random. Yeah, and isn't but that then, isn't that the? Oh, oh, go ahead, JG. Sorry. Well, then the next scene is for like the Ding Dong Burger place. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's outrageous. <laughs> that's just off the hook. And, and, and my good friend Ryan, who you, you know, Bill. Yeah, yeah. We when I told him that I was going to be doing this and talking about this, he said. Uh, it's a direct quote. Did that cocksucker dra- drag you down there to do that? Because <laughs> okay. Okay. if you remember, they're all in the, in the restaurant and they're eating. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, you know, please make sure that you put some kind of parental advisory in your, I don't know, because this is getting, this is going to get pretty nasty. Ah, oh, fuck no. Those kids can go fuck themselves. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> is there... As they're sitting there, they're going around, we're asking all these people what they think, and Cross is like, oh, man, this little motherfucker is tasty. (laughs) And they just keep building and building, and then you've got this nice family. It looks like, hell, they could be the family that was on the Devastator, okay? (laughs) But they got this nice family. It's like, yeah, man, and I can feed the family for uh, under $20, and with the price of beef going through the fucking roof, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally... Finally, okay, mm-hmm. you have the like paper company or whatever commercial, mm-hmm. and all it is is the dude opening a window and just screaming obscenities. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, 
Pit Pat is cool, okay? Mm-hmm. But the real humor in that scene is a swearing. <laughs> it just escalates more and more. Uh, and then the absurdity of Pit Pat brings it all back home, I guess. But mm-hmm. man, still delivered, man. I've seen that scene, Jesus, uh, it must be a hundred times. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> I watched it before we we went to air. Mm-hmm. I still laugh. It's just as hard. <laughs> it's still great. Oh yeah, I, and I mean that's a, the thing about Mr. Show too. Is if you're into the kind of humor that Mr. Show offers, then all of the sketches still hold up. Like, there's no question. Like, you can even if you've never seen it before, if you're if you get this kind of humor, you can sit down and watch a, one of these sketches brand new off the shelf, and you're gonna laugh just as hard as we did ten, twelve, twenty years ago, whatever, however long ago it was we watched it. You know? Okay, so I guess. It's time to finally get into number one sketches. Okay, I'm going to go first, guys. Sorry. Apologies. But I, I just got to say, you know, I think the best, maybe the best sketch Mr. Show ever did, uh, or definitely the best sketch Mr. Show ever did, maybe the best sketch ever made, the pre-taped call-in show. This is basically uh, where, you know, you come into a public access kind of situation. David Cross is sitting at a desk smoking cigarettes, all frazzled. His tie is undone. He's, you know, he's lost all of his hair. And uh, he, he very carefully explains, okay, this is a pre-tape call-in show. We, we, you know, we take calls for next week's episode uh, or this week. So basically you call in, but it's not live. And then they air the show next week. But the thing is people who are watching the public access, they're assuming this is a call in show. They can call in and get on the air right now. So they're always calling in a week late for, for the show. And uh, it's just, uh, it's amazing. Uh, he, it, basically the, the first part of the sketch is him dealing with callers calling in and getting frustrated with them because they're all calling in about the previous week's show. And uh, then he pulls out this TV and he's like, no, this is what's airing right now. You see the previous week, week's show and immediately uh, the, the, on, on the television, the week ago him, pulls out a TV and he's like, this is what's on the air now. This is what's on the air now. And it keeps going back and he gets more put together until you see him at his first show. And he's like all done up, all proper. And he's so excited about this really cool idea he has for a call-in show. And uh, it's just, I, I absolutely love it. One, it's one of those sketches that's kind of a recursive loop. Like after the, the initial two-minute setup, it, it just like keeps calling back on itself and calling back on itself. And it's just so smart. It starts off with a simple premise that seems like it's going to be a quick in and out. But in every time you think they've taken it as far as they can, it goes a little bit deeper. And I, I also love uh, David Cross's character, the host. He, he refuses to admit that this is just a bad idea. The, the whole call, pre-tape call-in show, it's an awful idea. It, it doesn't work at all as an idea. But he's so committed to it that he just – he's killing himself over it. And uh, like I said, it, it might, might be the most complicated and best sketch ever written by anybody. And it's definitely my favorite sketch ever. Do, do you guys like this sketch? Love it. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Yes, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites as well. Just not apparently one of my top three. <laughs> It, it, it's not mine either, but it's awesome. 
to be, awesome. to be fair, even if it had been one of your top three, I put the, when I sent out the doc to you guys, I went ahead and I didn't fill anything thing else in but my number one sketch because I, I was like, I'm taking pre-called tape in, or pre-taped call-in <laughs> show. No, none of the other guys can have it. Okay, Bobby, you're number one. Once again, not sure if this is the actual title or not, but it's great. It's crack. It gets you really high. <laughs> that, oh, that that is great because that's the uh, – that's the lie detector one, isn't it? Yes, exactly. The where, lie detector one. Where Bob Odenkirk's like strapped up to a lie detector and they keep asking him these questions and he keeps answering in the affirmative and they, exactly. they get more and re- more and ridiculous. They, be, and the thing never goes off. So they're like, hold on a second. Let me, let me put this on. And then he uh, <laughs> says that he kissed his brother. <laughs> it was a dream. It can happen in a dream. It was a dream. <laughs> and, I remember and, like, it. it just, yes progressively they like you said they keep you know have you ever taken a train apart piece by piece after you just derailed it with your penis (laughs) yeah but it was for charity it was for charity (laughs) it was for charity (laughs) i loved it that's another thing i i just love about mr show too is just like the the subtle absurdity of the humor just like the little details like the little throwaway lines that you'd miss if you weren't paying attention and most of the time, your first time through the sketch, you don't even catch it. And then the second time, you're like, wait a second. He just said it's for charity. Like, why would you be derailing a train with your penis for charity? I don't quite understand. It was great, man. I love that. I, I don't remember it quite as well, but when, once you start delivering those lines, it starts coming back to me more. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So good. So good, man. Okay, JG. Well, oh, go. Oh, sorry, Bob. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it just kept, like you said, it just kept evolving into absurdity until finally, at the end, it's like uh, it was just a job interview for selling shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing that kind of sketch sets uh, the sketch comedy uh, and Mister Show apart from other shows too. Is like SNL. It'll it'll kind of wrap up to a to a sensible conclusion. Mister Show. It gets as far away from a sensible conclusion as possible, makes it a little less sensible, and then then it's over. Then it's over. There's no there's no real cap. It it just leaves you going, what the fuck? <laughs> like at the end of it every time. Right, right. And I which abs- is often the best kind of a, a, a motion you can get from you know any kind of theater or performance. You know, I, oh, but definitely. it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. You know, like it's the type of thing where if I go. What the fuck did I just look at? <laughs> and I knew I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like I'm going to talk about it later with my friends. We're going to quote it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was so unique. <laughs> it, it's Absolutely. not. It's not for everybody, but the people it isn't for, they're wrong, and they should be punished. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're dumbasses. Yeah, freaking dumbasses, <laughs> man. Okay, JG, what's your number one? I and I I know what it is. I know. I remember singing bits of this and quoting this with you for years and years and years, but why don't you go ahead and tell the lovely people out there what it is? It, you knew what it was before I even typed it in the doc or even told you in the oh, in yeah. direct message. Okay. The best scene on Mr. Show <laughs> is Monsters of Megaphone. Monsters of Megaphone. That, Monsters of Megaphone. <laughs> um, it, it, it's... Uh, a sketch about uh, megaphone crooning, or as they called it in those days, megaphone crooning. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's, it, my God, it's priceless. It's priceless. I remember 
I watched it in high school with those friends, senior year, loved it. Mm-hmm. Didn't think about it again for uh, three years, maybe. I don't know why. It just got put out of my mind. And one weekend, I'm at West Liberty. It's 2 a.m. My good friend Ryan and I had been partying, you know. But the mm-hmm. campus was a ghost town. So there we are, and we're watching the Mr. Show DVD. We laughed so hard at the Monsters of Megaphone that someone actually came to the room and was like, what are you guys doing in here? Because we were howling. I mean, we were, <laughs> like, it hurt. Like, it was one of those laughs where you laugh so hard, it hurts, mm-hmm. and, 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 you, and you cried. Like, I mean, it was, it was absolutely hysterical, okay? If you, folks listening aren't familiar with this scene, the idea is it's, you know, early 20th century, like 1920s, all right? And these guys, their art was to take a megaphone and just basically yell shit into it. Uh, <laughs> they were, but they were always like, they started out with, with Dickie Crickets, all right? Mm-hmm. That was Bob Odenkirk. And Bob Odenkirk, you know, he, all the new inventions that were coming out, all the fancy shit, he, he would just yell about it into a microphone. Or, I'm sorry, a megaphone. <laughs> and as they say in the show, all of that was hunky-dory until Kid Jersey hit the scene. And that's David Cross, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, and he did the same thing. But it builds where they have this rivalry. So they start a tour, the Monsters of Megaphone tour. But they noticed that some of the, the crooning, they, it flopped, you know, like Time Machine, because as the narrator puts it, people didn't want to hear songs about things that hadn't been invented yet. They wanted to hear songs about new inventions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, listen, I can quote the whole damn thing. So they go on this tour, and the rule was they, they have to create a new invention, and then they croon about it, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all going great, and, uh, and Dickie Crickets wins because... Kid Jersey creates a counterfeit money machine, sings about it, and is promptly removed from the stage counterfeit by... Counterfeit money machine. Counterfeit money machine. <laughs> by the feds, okay? <laughs> Who just happened to be there. But everything was brilliant about it. Like, the mm. sound quality of it, of the of like the old clips, that, you know, they made it sound like it was old. Mm-hmm. The, the footage made it look like it was running really, really old footage. Like, it was just brilliant. You know, like everything was perfect. My like, favorite part about sound, it is that know. all of, all of the, the megaphone songs sounded pretty much like the same mm-hmm. song. Like they were all pretty <laughs> much the same song, <laughs> just mm-hmm. with different words. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like you know, um, you know well, Electric Tyrac was my favorite one. Electric Tyrac. You know, it was like, you know, Electric Tyrac, it's so nice, moves tight from side to side. Electric tie rack, baby loves it. Racking up electric ties. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because my friends and I would always be like, what the fuck does that mean? Racking up electric ties. <laughs> like, you know. I, I, also, I also love how it's kind of a takeoff on uh, the whole, like, monsters of rock thing that was really popular in the 90s. <laughs> you know, like, where they, they'd have the, these big... The compilation CDs that were Monsters of Rock, or they'd have a tour that was like Poison and Twisted Sister and a couple other bands like that. And they were like, well, what if this happened in the 20s? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and it, it, it's just hilarious. And then at the end of the scene, like the narrator is the dude working at that theater, and you've come to realize that, like, 
Dickie <laughs> Crickets and Kid Jersey are like working in the theater, like sweeping the floor, <laughs> but they're all old and they're still mumbling like the shit that they <laughs> created in their megaphone, you know. And mm. but can I say one thing though that is just one? <sighs> well, <laughs> I, I have to add that earlier I mentioned how part of the brilliance of the show was the fact that every scene flowed right into the next. Do you recall the scene that was right before Megaphone Crooners and how hard we laughed at that one? I, we quoted that one? I don't recall off the top of my head. What, what, what was it? it? This is one I have to give honorable mention just because it's sandwiched so close to uh, Megaphone Crooners. It's when David Cross is that really elitist dick who's sitting at the table at the diner and Bob Kirk's like brain dead or something. Like, I don't, and, oh, and it, he, it, like, it's like about, it's about the records? Yeah, yeah, like the, like the record, this re- snobby record guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right, and Odenkirk keeps like going like, "Is it a dot player?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, "No, he's like, this is Vinyl." <laughs> he's like a hipster way before like there were hipsters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he's just a, such a douche. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that needs honorable mention just because it leads right into the megaphone crooners. Scene. They, well, I mean, there's uh, so there's so many sketches that we haven't even touched on, uh, like uh, oh, what is it? Uh, the Jesus Christ Superstar parody. Um, check this shit out. <laughs> uh, right. Marilyn Mozzarella's Pizza Parlors. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby, uh, can you name a couple off the top of your head that we haven't touched on? Uh, okay. Uh, a few honorable mentions of mine would be the one where David uh, Cross was going in for an audition. Oh, yes. Yes. And he, he asked, <laughs> can I use uh, this chair? Can I use this chair? <laughs> hey, can I use this chair? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, I'm in the middle of my scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just keeps going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, the guy with the short ponytail drinking from your little tiny bottle of water. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, and, and Bobby mentioned earlier, too, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, Ronnie Dobbs. Yes, That's Ronnie Dobbs. Yeah. That was brilliant. What do you guys think about the Run Ronnie Run, the Mr. Show movie? What, what did you feel about that movie? Uh, I gotta be honest. I was kind of let down a little mm-hmm. by the movie. I didn't know if it worked in that long format like that. You know, like it. I don't know. It, it was okay. It was okay, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no. I I kind of feel like you have to be a Mister Show fan to even like attempt to like it. Honestly. Yeah. Because it's really just larger budget versions of the sketches, <laughs> and, then try, and then trying to like tie them together into some sort mm-hmm. of cohesive story that doesn't really work for the most part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it just the long form like that. I just don't know if it worked. You know, I mean, it, but the you know the fuzz, the musical that you brought up. Jeez, yeah. I Man. thought uh, that my home was my castle. Uh-huh. Nobody <laughs> scrutinizing me. <laughs> No job, no lion, bitch, no hassle. Bitch, no hassle. Y'all, Y'all are brutalizing me. 
Cantaman. Yeah. No, I, I don't go anywhere. But then, the, the, then the director comes in. I am a camera. A camera. Am I? No, no, no. Yeah. You're getting it wrong. I love the the scene where his uh, pregnant wife walks in. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing that shirt that, with the arrow pointing down to her belly that says, I'm stupid. And, <laughs> and it's like, she's like, I just want you to know that I've been very happy while you've been in prison. I, I've been busy. And he's like, I can see you've been busy. He's been fucking Travis. <laughs> <laughs> we said I, that in the, in the, around the dorm room for a long time. He's yes. Like, you've been fucking Travis. <laughs> Also, I, I, I will point out that she was actually pregnant in that scene. It, but instead of trying to hide it, they were like, you know, we'll just make it part of the sketch. So, You're kidding me. So that I, wasn't like a, like a fake baby bump? That was real? That, that was realsies. Oh, jeez. Can you imagine being that poor kid now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with no, stupid. Actually, I, I played I'm with stupid. Actually, Actually, if I were that kid, I'd be like, that's fucking badass. <laughs> I was on Mr. Show when I was a fetus. You know, I don't know. <laughs> nice. Whatever. I'm okay. rambling. I don't know. Oh no, it's fine. We all are. That's that's the point of the thing, right? We're spo- we're ramblers. Right, we're rambling men. Right. But okay, we're rambling men. Okay, I think we're, we're I think what we're gonna do here, and guys, I'm gonna ask you both to mute yourself for a couple minutes here. I uh, like I said. The, the guy who introduced me to Mr. Show, Josh Aronoff, sent in a pretty extensive voicemail about some of his favorite Mr. Show sketches and why he likes Mr. Show. So we're going to play that. Uh, we're going to come back with our hopes and our dreams for the new Mr. Show coming out this weekend. And we're going we're gonna to wrap it all up, put a little tiny bow on it until Saturday night when we come back and talk about that show. But here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let Aronoff, uh, Josh Aronoff, uh, tell you guys – what he thinks about Mr. Show. Take it away, Josh. Hey, Universe Box fans. This is Josh, a uh, friend of Bill and Anne Marie's. Uh, I just wanted to talk about Mr. Show and, and uh, what I love about it. So, this show is a huge uh, inspiration to me. It helped kind of form my sense of humor. Um, it's just really cerebral. It's probably up there with uh it's probably one of my favorite shows of all time so what i like about it so the humor is very cerebral um it's completely off the wall so they'll take a joke on this show and they'll just extrapolate uh to the nth degree so it'll be like um they'll just take a joke and just constantly uh just keep going with it to the point of absurdity where you're like all right we're done but then they just keep going which makes it even funnier um when they make fun of stuff they make fun of stuff that's familiar but you don't know like the specific reference that they're referencing. So it's not on the nose. It's something that you kind of are somewhat familiar culturally with like the source material, but then it, so it stands on its own, but then it is somewhat, somewhat referencing something, but it's, man, it's so funny. And the last thing I love about it is the format. So it's live and taped and each sketch will go into the other sketch in some kind of tangential way. So they'll either flip between the live sketches and the, and the tape sections. Um, but what's crazy about it is the fact that, um, you know, with the, the, with the humor being very kind of surreal and cerebral, um, the, the segues in between the, uh, in between the sketches are just equally weird and cerebral. So they'll, they'll pull into a TV that's in the background of, of, uh, you know, of one sketch and then they'll, they'll go into uh, something that's on the TV and then that will become the next sketch. 
sketch or they'll uh, they'll go through and show like the inner ear of a guy and then pan back out and that's like a guy sitting in a restaurant and they'll reference the joke that they just did in the previous sketch to set up the uh, scene for the next one so it's really really creative really interesting way to uh, to to kind of structure their show. Um, so Bill had asked me to come up with the top three sketches. It's seriously impossible. So my wife and I, <laughs> when we were in college, we when we were first started dating, we just sat around and watched the show constantly. And so it played a key role in um, in kind of us getting to know each other in terms of what we like and what we don't like humor wise. Um, and it was almost like if I if I knew she, if she liked Mr. Show for me, then I knew she was a, a keeper. <laughs> And so I have three of my own very favorite sketches from Mr. Show, and then I have one from her. Um, but, you know, it, it's completely impossible to name your top three. Um, it took me about a week to come up with these. So the ones I like, actually, there's, these are in no specific order um, in terms of which ones I like the most, but I will um, I'll give you kind of the order. So the one is The Last Donut. Um, this one is specifically making fun of hipsters before hipsters were a thing. Um, this show was made in the 90s, so hipsters and being like kind of self-referential uh, or like making fun of earlier cultures by lampooning them in terms of what hipsters do just wasn't done. And so at least it wasn't done where I was from. So they uh, totally made fun of that uh, on the show in, the, in that sketch. And there's specific uh, phrases that people say that make that uh, sketch really, really, really funny. Like there's catchphrases in there that I remember in college, like we would just say over and over again, specifically from that sketch. Um, the next one that I have is, um, it's called Monsters of Megaphone. So Mr. <laughs> Show, they will, uh, they will make fun of old timey stuff, um, which I love. I love the fact that they, t they make fun of stuff that's like from, you know, a really old time period. Um, because there's no, you know, most of the time people don't have any real reference of that time period. So they will take things from that time period and just blow them out to some level of absurdity. Um, and Monsters of Megaphone is a very, very good example of that, where they're making fun of vaudeville and they're making fun of, you know, uh, people talking in microphones and uh, they're making fun of like competition. I don't want to ruin it, but it is seriously one of the funniest sketches and that's another uh sketch that has a lot of memorable uh quotes in it and the funny thing about the last donut and uh monsters and megaphone is that they uh have that segue in between them so that segue that i mentioned um if you can find them on uh youtube watch them back to back watch watch the last donut first and then watch immediately after watch monsters and megaphone to see what i mean in terms of um the two uh in terms of the segue um and then the last one that i have this is probably my all-time favorite sketch um is probably it's called the story of everest um, mm. So it's about a man who comes home from Everest and he's telling his parents about climbing Everest. And he's, as he's going through the story, something happens to make him stop telling his story. And then he has to go kind of like set up a bunch of things. And then he has to go back and retell his story again. Well, this is a good example of them going to taking a joke to the nth degree um, because the, something similar to that just keeps happening and they just keep going. The sketch is actually pretty long. And um, it just keeps going and going and going. And it, it, it ends up being where, you know, him going through the story of Everest uh, in terms of his, his expedition isn't even, the, isn't even the most important thing in the sketch. It, it just becomes about the physicality of him 
you know, going through this thing that keeps happening over and over again. And then the end of that is is a really good example of kind of the cerebral, very surreal sense of humor. Um, I don't want to ruin it, uh, but yeah, it's great. And then I wanted to give you my my wife's top uh, sketch that she likes, um, and that's called Change for a Dollar. And this is, I think, one of the very first sketches in the first season of the first episode. Um, it's a very good intro to the level of humor, like the absurdity of the humor. Um, and also, uh, they're lampooning, um, you know, bureaucracy and, uh, you know, people having to sign off on things. A guy comes into uh, a store to just get change for a dollar. And uh, the guy has to, like, go to his manager, who then in turn has to go to his manager and his manager and his manager. But they take it to a point where it's just, like, completely over the top. Um, it's great. And there's there's some really great uh, quotes in that one as well. So, so yeah. So I, I couldn't nail it down to three. I have four. But um, I highly, highly recommend the show. I'm actually so, so happy that... Uh, you know, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think with Bob and David on Netflix that that's coming back, I think on the 16th of November. I'm like really, really looking forward to seeing that. I really hope that they keep going. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of anything that either one of these guys do. They're really talented. And I highly recommend if you can find them uh, to watch Mr. Show. If you're into sketch comedy, if you're into kind of surreal kind of Monty Python humor or um, or anything that, uh, you know, kind of gets you thinking that's kind of outside of the box or weird, um, I highly, highly recommend uh, Mr. Show. So those are my top four-ish uh, recommendations. And I, and, uh, Thanks, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill, for uh, and Anne Marie for asking me to contribute, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Josh, and I really hope uh, we can count on you to uh, let us know what you think about uh, with Bob and David, if you can, uh, Bobby and JG, if you want to bring your stuff back up now. Are we able to hear that? Yeah. 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 Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. But th- thanks again so much, Josh. Uh, thank you for introducing me to Mister Show. And uh, thank you for for calling in. Okay, now I guess we should uh, wrap up how Josh did there. Uh, tell, which, by the way, uh, you can tell that me and JG and Josh went to went to college together. There were a lot of the same uh, sketches that we all loved. I'm su- Bill, I'm surprised I didn't say change for a dollar. So yeah, quarters that, mostly. That, that, <laughs> that is. Did you, did you tell him quarters mostly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I said quarters mostly. <laughs> Such a good That sketch. was so awesome. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, as we've mentioned, uh, there's a new show coming out. It's actually going to be out in a couple hours, actually, on uh, on the old Netflix. It'll be releasing uh, called uh, With Bob and David. Me and Bobby are going to be live tweeting it live 8 p.m. tomorrow night uh, from the at universe underscore box account. Like I'll be tweeting from that one. Bobby will be tweeting from his, and it'll get retweeted by Universe Box. So you can follow Bobby at Inevitable Hawk. Uh, he's like, yeah, please do. And uh, or or if you're already following Universe Box, you can watch there and then follow Bobby once you see the retweets start coming through. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna be watching it uh, next week I, I, or next week tomorrow night. Uh, so I, 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 what are our hopes for this, guys? Uh, Bobby, and we'll start with you. What are your hopes for New Mister Show after so long? Fifty hundred years. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I, I would say I hope they're going to be good, but I mean that's almost a given. I mean, mm-hmm. considering the the people involved, 
it, it's, it looks like most of the old crew is coming back, but um, Bill Odenkirk or Bill Bob Odenkirk <laughs> has always been um, uh, up, uh, uh, has always been um, one to bring up and coming like uh, talent. And so that's what I'm anxious to see if there's going to be any new faces to discover on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I know that there's uh, some people who have become more prominent in the sketch comedy community who are going to be on it. Like Key and Peel, I think, are going to be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're going to embrace the new uh, while at the same time kind of uh, playing to the nostalgia factor. So. There was a short-lived show on IFC called uh, The Birthday Boys. Oh yes, uh, that Bob Odenkirk produced exactly, yeah. and so I'm I'm wondering if maybe any of them might show up on there, and then you know I would hope uh, so. That was a pretty. Well, I think the first season was a lot better than the second season, but the second season was okay too. I I, I will give you that, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of sucks that they didn't get uh, when when. <laughs> When they got canceled, they put out a YouTube video talking about how they were uh, – that it's been a nice run, but we're, we think we're just going to go ahead and quit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that because, you know, they, they kept a good humor about it to the last even though they were being canceled. And right. I think Bob Co- Odenkirk made an appearance in that too, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah, just uh, – or something about he, – he, they were firing him. Or something like that as right. their manager. Something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. As the but, but yeah, it was – they definitely had the same – you could definitely tell they had the same type of humor and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean uh, Tim and Eric, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Aukerman you mentioned earlier. There's just so many people that uh, have been not only influenced by Mr. Show but have been helped particularly by Bob Odenkirk You mm-hmm. know, because he notices, like I said, up-and-coming talent. Definitely. Okay, JG, what are you hopeful for uh, with Bob and David? With Bob and David? For Bob I'm and David? That, I'm hopeful that they can, at, at the same time, uh, maybe keep the formula of the old show, mm-hmm. but still make it feel fresh. Uh, um, because I believe that the show actually would play better now than it did in the 90s. Oh, definitely. I, you know, because... All of these comics have sort of come of age now, and this is their time. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you know, they are the ones that are that are ruling the comedy scene right now, the, the people of that generation. Yeah, and, I, uh, I would think almost you know, I, the, the bigger danger is that may, maybe this style of comedy is so prevalent now that it – it might come off as overdone or old hat or something like that. But at the same time, these are the, the masters. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, and if they can keep it fresh but still make it feel like it did, mm-hmm. then I think they're going to have a winner on their hands. And uh, I had no idea that uh, Key and Peel were going to have a guest spot or something on this show. Is that what you said, Key and Peel? Yeah, well, at least I think I, I, I know I saw in one of the sample sketches they released, I know I saw Peel. I, th- I, th- I think it was Peel. I always get okay. those two confused. Well, I, I, I usually did too. Um, but they've got some great stuff, man. Like, like, oh, yeah, and they were great they, in Fargo. and Yeah, and, and uh, the, uh, the Jordan Peel, man, they uh, – you know, if you want to laugh really, really hard at something that's completely absurd and really feels like Mr. Show, mm-hmm. 
look online for a scene that they did called Prepared for Terries. That's T-E-R-R-I-E-S. Because it really reminded me of something that, that uh, Bob and David would have done. Because it was, it, it's, it's bizarre. It, it, you know, it's these two guys on an airplane that are itching to get into a fight with a terrorist. Okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, it's, it's crazy. And, and it, you bringing them up made me think I would bet any kind of money that they were influenced by Mr. Show. Because oh, most was, definitely. You know, they've just got these bizarre things, and, and they play really well. I mean, you know, so, um, and I like Bobby's point, too, of maybe discovering new comedy, you know, the new mm-hmm. comics, you know, new talent. Uh, that's that's great, too. That's exciting, too, because, you know, I remember the first time I saw those guys, and mm-hmm. I'd never seen anyone like them before. And this was watching Saturday Night Live for years and years and years, and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Living Color. Do you remember that one? You know, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, all these, you know, all these different sketch comedy shows. And these guys were different. Nobody did anything like that. And, uh, you know, ultimately my hope is that, you know, they can keep it the same, but keep it fresh. And as Bobby said, you know, discover some new talent. Maybe there's a new Bob and David that could be unveiled on this show for the next generation and what have you. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Very true. I, <clears throat> JG, have you ever heard of uh, Exit 57 or The Vacant Lot? I don't believe so, Bobby. I don't think Ex- so. No. Exit 57, Exit 57 was a short-lived uh, sketch show with, with people like uh, Stephen Colbert and Amy Sedaris. I've heard of that, oh. I think, yeah. Uh, wow, no. Never look heard up, of them, man. Look up skits online. You're going to love them. Uh, definitely, if you if you loved Mr. Show and whatnot, it, it was the, it was uh, out a little later, but around the same time. And then there was a show uh, from uh, Canada that was briefly broadcast here called The Vacant Lot. I know one of the people in the in the cast was a brother of one of the guys from uh, Kids in the Hall. So it's very. Awesome. Ki- it's very Kids in the Hall-esque, but again, uh, if you can find either of those skits online, YouTube or whatnot, or you know, either of those shows, rather, definitely check those out. I definitely will. That sounds great, man. Thanks for the tip. Nice. Okay, okay well, I, I'll say you know, one of the things that I, 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 I'm hoping for is that, especially considering they have such a short run with this, I really hope it's, it's all – Knocking it out of the park. I hope there aren't any weak sketches because we get so little of it that I would hate for there to be like a misfire or even like an entire episode that just doesn't play at all. But I, I have heard I, – I, I know some people who have went to some of the tapings and stuff. And I know they said that uh, it, it, uh, it, it sings just like the old stuff did. And I've also seen – have either of you guys watched the preview clips they've released? I have not. I've, I've seen one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you saw the one about uh, the New Year's resolutions, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were talking about that the other night. But it plays just like the old humor. It, it, it's just, it feels a little sharper, but you know that makes sense for it being so far down the line from when they did the original show. So uh, the preview clips made me very hopeful. But then again, they're also preview clips. They might not release the best stuff. 
or, or I mean, they might release the best stuff and be holding back the stuff that might not be so good. But so I'm, I'm, but I'm very optimistic about it. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing two podcasts about it if I wasn't hopeful right. for it. Uh, I, I just, I can't wait to see how these guys approach modern problems and concepts. And they're older now; they're more, more mature. They have more uh, adult concerns, not adult like uh, pornography, adult, but adult like taxes and mortgages adult so I, I i'm kind of interested to see how they approach that subject matter but uh i i don't know i'm just so pumped i can't wait i wish i could stay up tonight and watch it when it comes out at, mid, at midnight but i have to work tomorrow right ditto yeah same here ditto on the scene the kids aren't gonna teach themselves very true very true <laughs> very true okay, okay so uh, bobby anything else to add before we sign off for now um just like you, I'm just like really pumped. I'm really excited for this whole thing. You know, I'm excited to be watching the show tomorrow, live tweeting everything. Mm-hmm. Follow me at Inevitable Hawk. Um, and then I'm just excited for the show to come out. I'm really hoping that it's going to be good so that maybe it'll lead to more shows. And Oh, definitely. Like that's, you know, that's the greatest hope is that they maybe come back and do like five or six episodes every year or two. You know, that'd be nice. Right. Exactly. And like you said, every year or two, no, like, times press you know no it's just when you think of good things to write you know mm-hmm. just like you guys are doing universe box you know exactly just do, do it when you <laughs> have actually good content to put to produce mm-hmm very much so. Very much not, so. Okay. Not to say that Universe Box had. It was, he didn't, you just said we suck. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yes, that's why. That's why I tuned in and participated every week because you guys suck. He was just like, I can't wait to see how much they suck this week, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, like we said, uh, tomorrow, Friday night, eight p.m. EST. Uh, Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Ooh, uh, we're going to be live tweeting uh, from at Universe underscore Box and at Inevitable Hawk uh, starting at 8 p.m. And we'll call out the episodes as we're starting them and everything so you can kind of follow along. And uh, that should be an interesting experience. I don't live tweet much, but uh, we're going to try it. And uh, then on Saturday night, uh, November the 14th, uh, we're going to come back at 8.30 p.m. EST and do uh, With Bob and David with Bill and Bobby. So we're going to come back and, you know – Hash out the news show, tell you what we liked, what we didn't. Uh, and if you guys want to get your voices heard, and uh, JG, if you get a chance to watch it or any of it beforehand, I encourage you to do this too. Send us in some feedback, uh, universeboxshow at gmail.com, or just call in and leave a voicemail, 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And uh, yeah, obviously, uh, while we're doing the live tweeting, if you guys get in on that, we'll probably pull some of your comments and uh, <coughs> read them on the show. Have you thought of a hashtag? I, the hashtag is going to be, and I'm going to put it here in the doc so I remember because I thought of it earlier today. It is uh, hashtag uh, uh, WBAD. Uh, so with Bob and David. With Bob and David. Okay. Yeah, so hashtag WBAD. Have you, do you know if there is a hashtag, you know? I, I just. I'd assume if there's an official hashtag, it's either W Bob and David or with Bob and David, which is why I chose W Bad. So, so it's less, it's more obscure. Plus, you have more room for tweeting there. You know, so that's always good too. Okay, <laughs> Don't get lost in the shuffle. Exactly, exactly. Okay, uh, JG, thank you so much again for joining us. I, I could, I, I, I couldn't even think to do a Mister Show uh, special on the channel without inviting you along for the ride. So, thanks very much for that. Why don't you tell people where they can find you online? 
Uh, I'll do that, and, and you're very welcome. Thanks for having me as a guest again. I always have a good time. Um, I have a question. Uh, would you mind if not only I uh, told the people where to find me online, I also plugged something? Plug something? Like like what? Like my hair? or you? Ha- oh, you yeah. mean something, something. Yeah, sure. That'd be fine. It, it's silly, so don't laugh too hard. But uh, you can find me. I Listen, I'm st- I still use Facebook a lot, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm an old man now. That's the way it goes. I'm you know, I'm getting old. Uh, so I'm on Facebook as Jason George. I am on Twitter at J Jason George. It's, you know, I'm kind of on there infrequently because mm-hmm. most of the time when I'm on Twitter, I'm kind of working on something that some friends that I created. So um, don't laugh, Bill and Bobby. Um, but if any of your listeners are fans of comedy and professional wrestling, particularly old school professional wrestling. Mm. Uh, please look for uh, Rick Flair was there on Facebook or just Flair was there on Twitter. Um, See, I didn't even know way, about this. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing it for about, uh, about six months now. Um, our Facebook page has around, I think, 62,000 uh, followers and our Oh, but wow. I'm trying to grow the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to grow the Twitter one up because we've only got about 513 there. Mm-hmm. So most of our audience, I think, might be a bunch of old school heads. And basically, the idea is Ric Flair is everywhere. And if there's something going on in the news, Ric Flair is going to chime in on that. About nice. It. So uh, this week, um, he had a little bit to say about Starbucks. So, you know, for what that's worth. Excellent. And he's excellent. also running for president. We're also <laughs> his campaign fight. So there's excellent. that too. So, uh, excellent. So, yeah, Bill, you know me. I always like that old school wrestling. So Nice. You know. I love this, JG. I had no idea. I, I had no – oh, I guess you invited me to like this at some point. It I, says here. I'm sure I did. Because I, I, sure vi- I, I just visited it over here on Facebook. Yeah, Ric Flair was there. Check it out. It's the new hotness. It's the thing all the old yes. school wrestling fans are chatting about, for sure. It, it, it's, it's true. It's true. In fact, the Nature Boy himself actually mentioned our page on his podcast. So Very cool. Very cool, man. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. So it's myself and two others, and uh, they are Photoshop geniuses, and I do some writing. So that's, you know, <laughs> Excellent. that's the deal. Excellent. All so, right. Yeah. Rick Flair was there. Uh, definitely check that out, and I'll have the link in for that in the show notes too. But uh, like I said, we'll be back uh, Friday night uh, to do some live tweeting, and then Saturday night uh, with Bob and David, with Bobby and Bill. And you know what? I'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and close using that same uh, Mister Show theme song cover that we came in on. So uh, check you guys out soon, and. Uh, I guess we'll use the old tagline. Until next time, remember to think outside. Do not not adjust adjust your computer computer screen. screen. It's your mind we're changing. Stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe Box.